You know, every once in a while, it is a good thing. It is a good thing for us to take time to reflect on topics that make us uncomfortable. The church is inviting us to do just that. Today's liturgy emphasizes one simple truth of our Catholic faith. Sin matters. In the first reading, St. James graphically explains that if someone spends their life exploiting and using other people, lying and cheating and hoarding wealth, they may enjoy the fruits of their crimes for a little while, but they can't escape justice forever. He writes that they will weep and wail over their miseries. And Jesus is just as clear. He explains that unrepented sin has consequences. It leads to damnation, to hell, which was commonly called Gehenna. Did you know that Gehenna originally referred to a, a valley on the outskirts of Jerusalem that had been used for human sacrifice in Old Testament times. By the time of Jesus, the valley had come to be used as an outdoor public incinerator where worthless and rotten trash, including the dead bodies of animals and criminals, were dumped into the valley and consumed by a smoldering fire that was always kept burning. Thus, Gehenna became a symbol, a symbol of the state of eternal separation of a soul from God and the destruction and frustration that goes with such a separation. According to Jesus, that's what unrepented sin leads us to. So these comments of St. James and of Jesus are not meant to scare us into feeling guilty. It's not some psychological manipulation technique. Rather, they are simply informing us about the facts. Sin, willfully turning away from God and his moral law has consequences, and they are not good. And we should strive to avoid them. One reason one reason Jesus chose to die the way he did was to give us a graphic image of how destructive sin really is. Strictly speaking, Jesus could have redeemed the world, redeemed us by shedding one single drop of blood and even by one single act of obedience, right? Since he was a he, since he was true man, that act of obedience would have been on par, would have equaled um, Adam's act 
of disobedience. But he was, well, since he was true God, it would have infinite merit and value, enough to make up for Adam's disobedience and to rebuild the relationship between God and the human race that sin had ruptured. God's plan was different. He chose a path of obedience that led him into indescribable pain and suffering that we call the passion, the passion of Christ. Speaking of the 2004 Hollywood blockbuster, The Passion of the Christ, tried to depict just how horrible the suffering of Christ's passion really was. Few of us in the modern world have witnessed a real scourging and a real, a real crucifixion, right? And through this movie, we have been given a much better idea of what our Lord chose to suffer in order to save us from our sins. Almost all of the secular movie critics gave the film a bad review. They said it was too violent. And if you don't know the reason behind Christ's suffering, that criticism is understandable. And one of those reasons is precisely because he wanted us to know what sin really looks like. You see, the devil tries to disguise sin. But sin destroys our souls, just as the whips and the cross destroyed and lacerated Christ's body. Whenever we see a crucifix, we should be reminded that God loved us that much. But we should be also, we should also be reminded that our sins matter. They have consequences. Sin matters. That's why Jesus tells us to remove, to pluck out, <laughs> pluck out our eye or cut off our hand if it's causing us to sin. But did he mean that literally? Of course not. Eyes and hands don't cause sin. They can't. Sin is always a decision of the heart, a decision, a decision to prefer one's own will against God's will. And it's a rebellion against God in little things or in big things that is not caused by our body or our senses, but by something deeper. When we give in to temptation and sin, it always indicates that we are so attached to some good and valued thing, symbolized by the hand and the eye, two of the most valued parts of our bodies. So we are so attached to this good that we prefer it to something much better, namely our friendship, our relationship with God. In the moment of sin, we allow the temporary benefit that seems to come from sin to seduce us, to lead us away from the everlasting benefit 
of friendship with Jesus Christ. So, for example, a certain relationship provides us with comfort or pleasure, even though it leads us to violate God's commandments. Or we treasure our reputation or our popularity so much that we compromise our Christian values in order to protect it or advance it. To give up these attachments, brothers and sisters, in order to protect and develop our friendship with Christ hurts as if we were cutting off a hand or plucking out an eye. But our Lord teaches us that that pain is nothing compared with the sorrow of cutting ourselves off forever from God's love. Today, as Jesus renews his commitment to us in this Eucharist, let's ask him to show us what we need to cut off in order to follow him more closely. After all, the closer we are to Jesus Christ, the better, right? The better for us and for everyone around us.